I truly believe that um, that work is the biggest influencer in our lives and shows us how to make decisions, how to live values. And if we just have a minute, a, a tiny bit of chance to influence those behavior and instill values, instill you know good decision making, I think then we have done something something very beautiful to the world. Welcome to the Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things podcast. These conversations are with people who are working on something interesting or have accomplished great things. We talk about their mission, their passion and their purpose. And the whole idea behind this podcast is to deconstruct the habits that led them to do what they do and learn from their experience so we can give you a direct insight and actionable steps to pursue your own passion and follow your own interests. How many times we have heard about the importance of having a positive workforce and how often we thought this is a fun thing rather than a serious investment in an organization. Most of companies don't really invest in workplace culture. It's not something they proactively plan for. It's not often a part of their vision or mission and they are generally too busy with the other more important priorities. Or maybe perhaps they don't really know how to do it. Investing in your employees is the best thing you can do if you really want to grow your organization. In a world where the workplace is changing, human resources are also evolving. Today's guest believes in human potential. He is the COO of Kenjo, an innovative HR platform, not only an HR admin tool, but also an engagement, empowerment and people management software. Francesco is passionate about studying what truly drives people and businesses. He believes that the real impact happens at work and true positive change starts at the workplace. A change that affects business and makes us better humans, better partners, better friends and better parents. During this conversation, Francesco drives us through his vision and mission. We learn about his upbringing and what led him to do what he does these days. We talk about the factors that lead to excellent performance and and unleashing potential. I was particularly interested in understanding Francesco's personal approach and outlook on the topic. I wanted to know what role he plays as a CEO in all of this and how he transfers his personal interests and ambitions into his work to positively impact and influence more people. Without further ado, meet Francesco, the culture architect. All right, we are recording. How are you today, Francesco? Hey, good morning, Dries. I'm I'm fine. I'm very good, um, and yeah, looking forward to to the talk with you. Me too. I was looking forward the whole week since you accepted my request. I hear you're drinking something. Is that something warm because it's cold outside? It is something warm. It is coffee. That's basically half of my blood is is coffee because uh, that that family business. Uh, my, my father <laughs> and my family we have like a coffee brand and so so i'm pretty much connected to this topic yeah so it's coffee ah, yeah. right you um you they they roasting they uh selling their um, baristas what do they do uh multiple things actually so we okay. um uh, import import raw coffee beans from uh, latin america mainly in south america 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, we let it roast in a partner roaster in, in, in the Piemont in Italy and mm-hmm. distribute it into Europe, North Africa and so on. But we have also some, some, some charming projects like, um, like a, um, a coffee plant in Dominican Republic where we help like uh, schools and so on. And I continue saying we because I, I used to work for, with my father for two years. So. Ah, right. I see. So obviously, I guess you're Italian, originally Italian. Half, half Napolitan. That's a very special breed of Italians. <laughs> of course. Yes. So, but did you grow up there or did you grow up in Germany? Um, I, I'm, I'm born and raised in Germany, actually uh, very close to the Dutch border, uh, mm-hmm. in North Rhine Westphalia, um, very small town. Um, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And um, have you been moving around a lot, or um, uh, only uh, that 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 side of the country and in Berlin, where you are at today? Yeah, yeah. So that that's pretty easy uh, easy to explain. I I'm born and raised in a very small town and and lived there most of my time. Um, uh, but I got quite early hooked to explore more. Um, yeah, options, people, and uh, nationalities, and so, so I started with couch surfing at some point as a host, as an avid couch surfing host. And then uh, that does that so still exciting. exist, though? Couch uh, surfing. That's a very good question. So I, I was really like I was a very strong user at that time, and now I don't do that so much anymore. But mainly because, yeah, fiance, <laughs> dog, and things like that. Yeah. But uh, I think it does still exist. Um, but they had, I think they had some financing issues. I was donating some money lately because they were crying mm. for some support. Yeah, yeah. been taken over by all the other services. I mean, Airbnb yeah. came and replaced it. I used it a lot also in my travels. I wasn't hosting a lot back then, but I was using it as a, as a guest. Yeah, hosting, hosting was actually saving saving my butt because I was... So I was traveling through the U.S. for a bit more than a half year, and I I think I would have not have gotten so many fantastic hosts if they wouldn't have seen that I hosted as well a lot. At least mm-hmm. they mentioned it a couple of times. So I was really lucky to get uh, yeah fantastic places to crash in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Right, and so you lived in other places too. You said or um, yeah, well, just traveled. Um, it was it was traveling living i would say so um when i when i travel i try to stay uh, um I try to live like a like a local so i was going with them to their workplace i was um working myself a little bit and uh, uh yeah cooking for them and trying to yeah um adapt to the routines for my hosts and uh, so in in hollywood for example i lived for one and a half months but other than that, it was more traveling, yeah. When thinking back about all these travels, was there something specific that you would recall as um, a big learning or an experience that marked you specifically? Uh, that tolerance and generosity can take you quite far. So mm-hmm. um, again, again, those people, they hosted me because they saw that I, I was on the, on the giving side a lot, a lot before. And they said, okay, now we want to give something back. And um, of course, I met all sorts of people um, and from, you know, all sorts of um, nationalities and um, ideologies and 
you you need to be open for that and if you are then uh, the world um, presents you with lots of um, surprises and good moments i would say mm. and how does the, the did those experiences change you if they did well probably gave me gave me an open mind open mind mm. and um and uh, it definitely en enhanced my radar for opportunities uh, because i told you uh there is i came i came from a small town and um i don't know did you um, did you grow up in a small town or like uh, or i didn't I, like i grew up in a capital but i have spent a decent amount of uh living in germany in a very very small town south of stuttgart so i know a little bit what it is it's not like so, that i was born yeah. and grew up there but i know what it is more or less i have my personal judgment about it <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so so um um it's it's pretty much like this you you feel you know the world and mm -hmm. even though you don't know the world on the outside you still think you know enough about it to not want it and <laughs> that's pretty much the default default mindset and uh, i was like that before i was playing in a football club i was super happy you know um uh, well connected uh, i would get things for free in the city because they knew me or you know uh, uh, i was playing for the football club or something and um and and my my world was fine you know i was saying yeah if, if i want to explore the world i can go out and and, and travel and uh, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much how how you think and uh if you experience if you start to you know make a leap and experience more then uh you suddenly realize oh i mm. think that can't be it you know right there's more to it exactly mm. were you particularly looking for something specific or was it just more more like let's go and travel and see how the world is were there questions for example back then that you wanted to answer that you couldn't find answers to yeah that's or, actually a fantastic question um it was sort of an escape escape because i was working already for seven years in in companies and um pretty pretty um yeah hierarchical patriarchic companies and i was desperate to be honest because mm. i i found myself being frustrated about the way that we work together and i said that can't be it and i need you know i need to I need to see more, more options, and and I I, I fled essentially, yeah, because I mm. said I this this can't be it, you know. We had the sentence already, and um, yeah, so I started exploring and and found uh, new ways of working in the U.S. So I was in the Valley, I was in San Francisco, Seattle, and um, stayed with people, spoke to people. I told you I went to work with them, and. Um, and I saw that people were treating each other sometimes differently and that they had a different setup, that they were giving more, more freedom. And, uh, and I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is amazing. Why, mm. why don't we do that in Germany too? Mm. Yeah, given different perspectives, yes. Mm. Yeah. I but mean, it not is. Everything, everything is perfect yeah. in the US, I don't get me wrong. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, sure. there, there are a bunch of things like vacation policies that I, that I wouldn't agree mm. to, but um, yeah but definitely inspiration. Right. So, you know, I'm particularly interesting, interested in also your upbringing and what led you to take those actions to go abroad and see things from a different angle. Because I believe there are a few 
events that happen in our childhood that lead us to think differently and also seek different things because otherwise perhaps not everyone actually is going away some people are also comfortable where they are and take uh, take it as it is every day and so on but let's spin that and get back to it at some point in the conversation but i would if you don't mind would like us to talk about how you actually introduce yourself these days and um um about your work about your contribution uh, a few things uh, interested me in when i came across your linkedin profile i'm gonna be pinning pointing at them little by little but the introduction first like do you how do you introduce yourself to people when you meet new people in networking events which are not so much happening these days i guess because of covid but how would you usually do that yeah that's 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 a good question so how would i introduce myself it would be probably that um well from every point of angle it doesn't matter what it is but i'm trying to make uh, work more fun right more more pleasurable and uh, essentially try to try to enable people and organizations uh, to have a good time together yeah so so this um this this uh idea that we will all die in 50 years is is my is my companion and that helps me that to you know be very strict about um about uh, not compromising on uh, being yeah treating people well around me because that's the thing that you know you will be you will be judged uh, you you will judge yourself at, at the end of all days and um and and so so this is really this is really my mission essentially mm -hmm. to make work a non-toxic place you know? right so are you already contributing doing that uh, at kenjo is that uh, already part of your mission you're the ceo coo right at kenjo mm -hmm. do you usually so, so introduce yourself as a, as a coo of kenjo or how do you introduce yourself to people uh, well, this uh, title, so title, I think titles are good if they explain who you are and what you're doing. Um, other than that, um, I'm not really so much helpful. I, I don't use this, uh, this title a lot uh, because it doesn't explain a lot. It leaves things quite open. So what I tell to people what I'm doing is um, I'm making sure that, uh, first of all, um, Kenjo employees um, want to get up in the morning and go to work and have a, you know, contribute to our mission and then on the and then on the second part i'm uh, also um collaborating strongly with our head of um a product um and and uh, to build things that help companies achieve the same thing so it's all one mission it's just from from different um points basically that's a long introduction though <laughs> when you introduce yeah, it's a long... <laughs> <laughs> but it's self-explanatory when you say it that way for sure i i need to work on my elevator pitch i think <laughs> <laughs> and so could you uh give a little bit of uh introduction about kenjo itself i mean i will be do, do, doing that obviously in the uh text accompanying the um conversation but would you mind having a little uh, introduction about it a little okay this time oh. i try to make it uh <laughs> make it a little okay. no we get all the time go ahead <laughs> so uh kenjo is uh, is a software that helps your organization to a 
save a lot of time with this administrative uh, tasks in people management. And um, then on the other side also indicates uh, the, um, uh, the positive growth for employees in, in all sorts of um, um, ways and areas. Yeah? And also very important point, enables the employees to be part of the journey of uh, yeah, this employment ship. Mm -hmm. And have you been on board uh, for long? Uh, 14 months now, 14 months. Okay. But uh, nice. I have I have to mention that I was one mm. of the very first customers for a year. So right. I'm connected to the company for more than two years. Yeah. I see. And then so how did you, um, why this industry specifically? Why um, choosing, it's an HR industry, that's how we call it, right? Yeah, so um, so since I'm in Berlin, I'm trying to improve um, this topic, company culture. And uh, again, I did it from many different perspectives as a consultant, as an in-house an employee, um, a very executive. I very like, um, yeah, many, many different ways. Um, and this time I saw the opportunity to do it on a more scalable basis, to reach more people. Mm. And um, I do, I do believe in the fact that we can indicate behavior through a software. And um, I was always thinking that was quite a subliminal um, motion, let's say. But um, but I actually found out uh, now a couple of times that our customers and uh, they they see that and um, they really appreciate that fact that we're doing things to. Um, yeah, to promote employees to um, to be a servant leader and not and not a, rather than a patriarch and a discriminating institution. I see. So you are translating data to um, analyze, but also know how to serve and how to uh, um, give feedback and how to create better potential. Uh, yes. So, for example, um, we recently developed a performance suite and um, during the whole research phase, uh, we saw that uh, all the highly validated um, uh, mechanisms and, and, and uh, yeah, systems, uh, like, for example, the grade eight competencies from, from, from Dave Bartram or the nine box grid or uh, the um, yeah, uh, potential matrix. Uh, all these things uh, they have a slight slight indication of that you could use them for for discrimination as well mm -hmm. and we basically needed to reformulate all these things to you know uh, a better purpose and uh, we did that and this is something that we're doing for example and yeah to help help companies make pro human decisions essentially so it's a fully digitalized or is there also a human element there given some sort of coaching or some sort of feedback directly to um, the people who are using it? So um, once you're fully onboarded to the software, um, mm -hmm. then it's only software, but uh, we do work very closely uh, with the customer success um, uh, with the customer. And mm. then... What is also important to know is uh, we have a very unique approach in uh, how we sell. 
I would say. So it's extremely consultative. Our sales people are also not called sales people, and we did that on purpose. They're people management advisor, and um, and we're really reinforcing that that is the mission. Um, they should, you know, advise them how to use or you know if to use our software, if not, and uh, yeah. So mm. so it's also some sort of advice that you get on the first day already, and mm. uh, we we do produce. A lot of high uh, quality content with external uh, consultants. So all the top consultants in Berlin, we hire, we make them produce content with us that we think is valuable and the market and, and our customers are also really, really grateful for that. Um, is there any um, significant competitors to the service that you're giving, that you're providing through this software? And how do you position yeah. yourself differently? Yeah, yeah. So the market is pretty busy. Mm-hmm. And um, and and um, should should I do some name dropping or up to you? <laughs> <laughs> I I think there's no restrictions. Are, <laughs> I think people that that look at our um, that look at our market they know they know the, the different companies and um, so the, ba- the the main difference is basically um, between us and and most of the other competitors is that we. Um, mm, that, that basically we are not only catering the HR uh, admin, the, the, the buyer persona and enabling this centralized control focused approach yeah, mm-hmm. that we know from, from uh, let's say traditional companies, but we really doubled down on empowering the employee. Yeah? So uh, I did some demos in the beginning when I was starting with uh, uh, Kenjo and how I explained it is basically you you buy a house you give a solid framework for employees but from that point on they can navigate freely in the software and uh, and really um, do almost everything by themselves basically. That is particularly the point that caught my attention to be honest because I have done a little bit of research and compared a little bit with another service not too many other services because I couldn't find other ones quickly and Mm -hmm. one thing of course that took my attention was the um, user experience of the website (laughs) so the UX and um, UI of it. I come from a design background so I have been working in advertising and marketing before so the colors the fonts the usability of the the site was interesting but then specifically the empowerment part of uh, uh, employees of people of leaders of managers and and all these layers uh, was very interesting to me because okay i am doing that for a while now I'm not doing it digitally necessarily. Like I have some courses on, uh, online and so on, but like how um, did you uh, transform things to fully be in digital was very particularly interesting. And then I wanted to know who is behind it. And it seemed like you are a big part of, uh, of, uh, of that digitalization. It seems like uh, who you are as a um, person let's say, uh, in personal life, what you believe in, your values in that side are very much aligned of what you actually produce and create and uh, serve as in, in Kenjo. That was the connection I made. Um, 
Um, uh, has, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe a little story will will help to bring some context. So, or, sure. or maybe this the story of how how this all happened that I work with Kenjo. So, mm. um, uh, I'm not sure how far you got with your research, but our name was OrcoS, not not like a long time ago, like eight months ago, I think. Mm -hmm. So we had a different name. We had um, different positioning. Um, so and uh, everything was um, yeah everything was different yeah we were a small team 10 10 12 people um, and now we're like 36 uh, 50 until q1 and um, yeah and uh, everything everything was different I think back then we had like 30 customers as well now we have 150 so everything changed and um, uh, what what changed essentially is our, our I think the moment where everything uh, started um, transforming was um, when uh, David, our CEO, um, pitched uh, in my private uh, living room, yeah, pitched uh, a strategy to me um, uh, because yeah, he, uh, yeah, we had a good connection since I was a customer back then. And uh, I, of course, had a million comments again. Uh, I was, you know, the type of annoying customers, you know them, that they always <laughs> complain. Yeah. So, so he was really, you know, he, he liked that because that meant a lot of feedback. And um, and he basically asked me, uh, since he knew that since six years I'm, I'm working in company culture and these topics, he asked me to um, go back to the origin, what was the promise of the company? Because uh, the market kind of led Orco Aspect then to become, uh, let's say, normal HR suite. And he said, look, this is not what we originally wanted. We wanted to help organizations and I want to double down on it. I want to go back to this, this original promise. Do you want to build that with me? And um, after a bit back and forth, I agreed to do that. And uh, we started to, um, to develop things uh, from scratch um, that we think would help employees to, with their yeah, psychological safety, with their, with their um, engagement um, and so on. Yeah? And um, what, is, what might be also important is um, we do not go to competitors and check what they have and then copy and put it in our app, which is common business practice, right? right. Um, mm. But we did it from, from ideation, yeah? So from mm. scratch, we started to think about, okay, what are the pain points that are not solved yet? And, um, and build products based on on this um, on this ideation. Yeah. Uh, so, so mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, what did he see in you specifically to make you that offer? <laughs> so uh, maybe you should call him. But <laughs> 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 sure. no, we're doing no, we're, do, we're doing actually we're doing actually um, quite some workshops where we you know. Um, give, give each other positive feedback and things like that. So let me try to <laughs> recitate some of them. Um, uh, so it was definitely the part that um, uh, that our vision was aligned. Yeah. So we mm -hmm. both want the same for the workplace. Mm -hmm. and that is really rare to find. And uh, we had a similar. We have a similar level of um, of energy towards that goal. And uh, un yeah. Uh, we take it as unnegotiable, basically. Yeah. So, uh, of course, uh, we like everyone. Uh, we're trying to build a money printing machine. Otherwise, uh, our investors wouldn't give us any money. Uh, but we're both pretty much aligned that um, 
that this is not the focus of why we do things and um and that makes us makes us a good couple i would say makes sense so what was specifically attractive for you in in this offer was that it's gonna give you um scalability for what your mission is for what your interest is in to be able to impact more companies to be impacted in the larger scale i'm just interpreting what you told me to see um and repeating it to see if it's uh, mm-hmm. that what was inter- interesting for you attractive for you in the offer so um i would say i have th- i had three drivers mainly um one one driver was um that i couldn't identify any ego issues in the sea level that was amazing and that's incredibly rare so that was that was um one thing that i was thinking okay this is this is actually really good you know people that you want to work with and yeah. then the second the second thing was um i thought it was almost impossible to navigate this company into a competitive position in the market so i thought okay this is a massive challenge and i love huge challenges uh and we needed to turn around essentially everything to become uh successful eventually um which i would say we are on a very successful path right now but so challenge was the thing then the collaboration with the guys and then the third thing of course there is a chance to have influence on more than one person that sits in front of you right but but thousands and thousands of employees and indicate certain behaviors into companies i thought that was really really interesting and tempting okay very good so now i'm going to the harder questions then in this case <laughs> so why is it important to influence and make that change what's what's important to you about it personally so let's imagine uh life is sleeping right um how many how many hours do you sleep per night uh somewhere between seven and eight hours seven and eight okay so uh, i'm 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 horrible i sleep like eight nine hours even so <laughs> and uh <laughs> nice. and then and then you have i i can't help it <laughs> and then uh, and then you have uh you know the routines uh, breakfast shower this that right and then you mm-hmm. have this massive block that is called work every single day mm-hmm. so let's assume work is most of the times the the most time yeah the most time that you invest consciously in your life and um and therefore probably the biggest influencer of how you do things right um i mean think about this um this this um classic um scenario of uh, this husband that comes back from work and is angry because you know the choleric boss shouted at this guy um comes home and then starts you know beating the wife or shouting at her what not and uh, the kid sees that oh my god why is puppy hitting my mom and so on you know and um and goes to the school next day and starts hitting other guys you know because he learned that and um i know it it sounds a little bit far fetched but for me this doesn't feel so far fetched actually and um again we truly believe that and i truly believe that um that work is the biggest influence in our lives and shows us how to make decisions how to live values and if we just have a minute a, a tiny bit of 
chance to influence those behavior and instill values and still, you know, good decision making, I think then we have done something, something very beautiful to the world. That's why. That does make sense. And I don't find it very far-fetched at all. I actually think uh, it's a very good approach to impact, to create impact through work so you can impact and influence personal life because it's the longest, most important parts of the day. We spend it at work. And then if you create impact in there, ultimately will influence your personal life, your relationships and so on. It sounds a little bit counterintuitive. People would say, okay, well, you need to first work on your personal life so you can go to your work and bring the best out of yourself in it. I've often thought like that too, um, but it does make sense. Just, just imagine you have the best value set, mm-hmm. yeah, and then you come into a um, hostile environment. That yeah, well, you, can't, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. This is, your behavior will be um, will be probably judged as um, you know um, interfering into into an existing process or you know not respecting the authorities or um, yeah, toxic yeah. workplaces uh, are known. Like there's a lot of toxic workplaces. They where they try to promote um, workplace wellness and healthy places, mental health and so on, but they are obviously influencing you. So a lot of people become miserable because of how things are managed there. Have you been in a situation like that, by the way, where the workplace values were not aligned necessarily with yours? Yes, of course. So actually um, a lot of times. Um, So especially in in the beginning of my career, uh, I had a uh, quite quite a choleric uh, boss, um, and uh, he was okay with me. But uh, the way how he treated others, uh, it uh, it made me absolutely sick, and and uh, and I I needed to leave as well. And uh, even even my father, I told you I worked for my father two years. Uh, he mm. didn't. He also didn't have the tools to to be a good leader. He didn't have the role models in his life to become a good leader. And um, and back then I was really villainizing also um, toxic leaders, you know, um, that use their power for own interest. And um, that was one of the biggest learning. I'm not doing that anymore. One of the hardest learning as well, uh, because um, those people they they need help, right? I mean, uh, now nowadays both of those bosses are you know both my father and the other old boss um mm. are one are like are, are friends now yeah and um and i stopped villainizing um, um authorities that don't have the tools because that's that's my perception now it's like um they they would also choose to be to be healthy to be you know have good relationships with the people around them if they would know how to um, right yeah so uh, was there a situation in on those experiences you had where you actually didn't uh, choose to leave the company or, and you um, actually could manage to uh, see things from a different angle and even maybe help the uh, manager to become different? And if there wasn't a situation like that, now with your background and learning and everything that you have learned through these experiences, what do you think is... Um, 
the solution or what would you advise somebody to do in a personal level? And I would like also to, from this question, jump afterwards to how do you do that through Kenjo? So through the system, through the uh, digitalized version and so on. Yeah. Um, so could you repeat the first question? I know it was a long one, but I will really want to understand and give the, give the right answer. Sure, absolutely. So the first question was like, if have you been in a situation where it was some sort of toxicity between you and management or colleague? And how did you navigate that toxicity in a successful way? without having to leave the company, for example. And if there was no situation like that, you could choose to answer this question by telling us what is the best way actually to navigate those kind of toxic situations. Okay, so I'll give a short answer this time. Um, no, go ahead with the long ones too. No, no, no. In this case, in this case, I prefer to give a short answer because um, so first of all, it is always very difficult uh, if you identify, like, let's say, a toxic trait in a C level. Whew, this is really difficult. First of all, to approach, and second of all, to change, uh, because it everything lies in the person. The person needs to be motivated and have the energy level uh, to, to actually do something about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he would need to be in sort of an island situation. Yeah. If, if the, if the person thinks you have any personal interest in, in, uh, in uh, his evolution or her evolution, then this is all also going to be problematic. So it's a tricky situation anyhow. Yeah. If, if, if you see, uh, let's say a decision maker having toxic traits and um, but one thing that really worked um, so so that that uh, everyone who's listening can take that definitely away um, is uh, use the drama triangle yeah this is a this is something that that really helped and that's what I mean by short answer um, this is uh, one of the things uh, that definitely helps. Uh, are you familiar with it, please? The drama no, triangle. No, no yeah. please. Look, uh, it, look, look it up. It. Everyone should look it up. It's really, really amazing. It's like it's two triangles, one on the top uh, and then reversed on the bottom, and it explains um, uh, how people um, uh, are, yeah, uh, dissolving. Like are in. Uh, wait, let me find the right words. Um, are basically collaborating yeah let's say there's a toxic part which is on the bottom and then there's a healthy part how to dissolve you know um, issues and, and and things together and uh, there are always always three roles and in the toxic part there is the um, um, uh, I don't want to say the wrong names please look it up afterwards <laughs> I probably say sure, I'll wrong put it names, in the show notes for sure yeah so there's there's one that uh, basically um, uh, prosecutes, you know, uh, could be like a customer that blackmails you and you are the customer success employee. Yeah. Uh, like if you don't do that, then I will, you know, uh, cancel a contract or something like that. And in this toxic um, uh, connection, uh, the customer success member would be the, um, the, the, the victim yeah, of the situation and feel as a victim, um, powerless doesn't know what to do, runs to the supervisor and the supervisor says, you know what, I'm going to take the call. And then the supervisor, guess what, uh, what role the supervisor is, please. You know, he gets to the call and says, I'm going to take care of it. Who would so do that? he, 
yeah okay so he's yeah. doing this authority authority uh role here mm -hmm. so you call it rescuer or hero yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he's the hero, yeah? He comes and, and rescues the victim, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and punishes the bad guys, the prosecutors, right? And says, you don't do that to my employee. And uh, if you listen to that story, it actually sounds like, hey, this is a nice guy, right? Helping helping the, the, the customer success uh, employee. And um, if you ask the customer success employee, he, she will also say, Oh yeah, that was so nice of you helping me, right? But this was actually a pretty uh, toxic scenario because um, what happened is that the hero took away all the coping possibilities and you know mechanisms from from the victim, and the victim will be always reliant on a hero for jumping in, and everyone Makes is basically sense. incentivizing this behavior, and uh, that was pretty interesting. I did that in, in, in some coaching sessions. It was pretty mm. interesting. And we use that a lot because it's very easy to fall in this, um, in, in this behavior circle, let's say. And on the yeah. positive part, let's say on the non-toxic uh, part, it should be actually that um, the, the um, victim becomes the creator yeah? of the solution. Of the solution, exactly. And uh, the, what would the hero be? the coach, supportive coach right yeah. Ex yeah exactly yeah so hey come to me for advice i will tell you you know uh, this is how you could do it those are the different things you know and then uh, basically exactly like you said um the she uh, he she becomes the creator the customer success member and mm. then on the um and then we don't villainize anymore the the the, the prosecutor or the bad person it is it becomes a challenger right so yeah it makes sense and that's one of the tools that that really help to um to get from a toxic hmm. um behavioral construct to a non-toxic one and and there are many 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 ones most of them are come out of um, like uh, coaching mm -hmm. and um this is one that I wanted to share because we we actually use it on on a monthly basis. I would say, yeah. use it internally. You mean at the company, that that can drill. In internally, internally, internally. Yeah. But is I'm wondering if these tools are used also and offered to the customers who are using Kendrill. Well, we do have a very very extended um, uh, block. Uh, yeah. in Kenjo and we do invest a lot of money into um, submitting all sorts of um, uh, content that is helpful to bring clarity to processes uh, to to um, have more positive connections in the company uh, one of the latest things is that we have a we, we um, created a full uh, purpose um, um, what, what is it? Another word. It's a, it's a card. It's a course. A whole course, purpose yeah. course. So how to mm. find uh, your own and the company purpose for free. Yeah. So we have mm. a full, a full course for free. We published it. Uh, I think this week or la last week. Yeah, last week. And um, yeah, many more things. Yeah, how to bring more transparency and fairness to a salary. That was one of, one of the other things that we uh, published this uh, last month. Yeah and uh yeah many more things 
So it's also an educational, some sort of educational platform. So if I get it right, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're offering an HR admin tool who would also analyze and create some um, feedback. And that feedback also can be, uh, there's some things to improve in it. There's things that, that your employee or a manager need to improve. And here is the educational material on how to do that improvement. And this is how you can improve your let's say, workplace, happiness, wellness, or mental health, or productivity, or so on? Yeah, so just to clarify, so mm. at the moment, what we have in the tool is, yes, all the admin part, like time management, and so on, and, you know, employee profile, things like that. Uh, what we do also, what we also have is the whole recruiting suite, um, mm -hmm. and, um, and then... Uh, as a third part, we have the culture suite, let's say. So we have a full engagement survey, automized engagement survey um, that is usually a lot of pain for HR um, departments yeah. to set up uh, with hundreds. And I'm not joking, it's three clicks. And then you start this engagement survey, which, is, which will give you like really, really good information about how is your company doing. And it's for free. It's in, inside of the admin part. And um, then we have uh, things like shout outs. So, you know, the, you're probably familiar with all the studies uh, yeah. around um, positive, uh, yeah, positive influence. And uh, we saw that this is one thing that really can enhance the uh, positive feedback in a company. We developed that. It's on our very first site. So if you enter the app, you see immediately, oh, look, um, this person was super helpful there and there and gets a shout out. You can add like, I, smileys and everything it's <laughs> very nice so it's also like this social media um, aspect mm. and um, yeah and much more so we have um, meetings for example with templates um, uh, that we um, supply to the customer with what we think are the, the best one-on-one um, um, -on -one templates on a daily weekly monthly basis um, and this is yeah Again, this is all on a basic product. It's all for free because we really believe that that can help the companies um, succeed. Very nice. Yeah. If you don't mind, can we go back then to um, the solutions that you offered? Like, so you, you mentioned a few solutions for people who are in situations with uh, toxic uh, management or toxic employees and vice versa. Um, what do you think is the key skill or core skill that one needs to develop to be able to overcome those um, toxic situations. Um, you offered first solution, but is there a key skill? Like for example, here I'm thinking communication skill, like being able to communicate how you feel and without being angry about how you feel about the situation with the manager, or is it uh, something else, a different other type of skill, emotional intelligence, self-awareness, um, social skills. Wow, what is what is the key to be a, a good person? Essentially, you're asking. Mm. <laughs> um, well, uh, that's uh, that's some philosophic uh, <laughs> book that we could write about it. No, um, uh, let me think about it in another way, okay? Because that's okay. more tangible for companies, and I hope you don't mind if I if I answer. Absolutely not. Way. So. Um, after like many, many talks and workshops and a million things, right? Um, what, we, what we identified, um, what helps most for companies um, to have a, let's say, good culture is putting 
a lot of energy into aligning expectations. That's, that's pretty much it. That's, that's the number one thing. Uh, it sounds boring, but that, that's pretty, 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 pretty much the number one thing what you need to do um, to make sure uh, that there are no surprises. Yeah? Because that's when frustration appears. Yeah? So let's imagine, uh, and again, no, uh, no name dropping. Yeah? Um, you, <laughs> you work in a very fast paced company yeah? that, uh, that says uh, like, you know, um, uh, move fast, break things, you know, and, um, and, and uh, you know, you come here, you make, a, you make a career, okay, you have a little burnout afterwards, aka depression, but uh, you have a shitload of money on your bank account, you have, probably have some, you know, um, uh, you, you're, you're, the doors are open in other companies because they know you went through hell. And um, yeah, that's what we deliver. You know, imagine a company approaches you like that, uh, super authentically and openly, uh, and you come to these. Like, imagine you, yeah, you you enter mm -hmm. this company because you say, well, you know what, for you know half a year, a year, I can do that. Yeah, um, you enter the company and everything is exactly how it was described. It is, you know. It is disruptive. You break things. You, you know, people won't give you any attention or support. You need to fight or, or leave. Um, everything like it was uh, described in the beginning. Would you be angry or, you know, disappointed Obviously about it? Obviously not. No, that's the expectations that's, you had. You prepared for it. That's the point. So, mm. so I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions around this whole culture topic. There is no perfect culture. Mm. there's just a very good aligning on expectations uh, or a bad one. Now we could discuss about what's best for the human being. Different mm. story. Okay. Different story. Uh, yeah. Probably something supportive. Right. Um, but that is, uh, that's not, I think that's not, that's not something that we need to need to discuss right now. So the point is um, aligning on expectation. That's the number one thing and be authentic. You know? Don't try to bullshit candidates or employees. And um, that, that's the whole magic. Yeah? Say it as it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are the factors that leads to great performance and unleash potential? This is a, a different way of asking you my question. The first one from actually what you put on your LinkedIn. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I can give you the book answer, which is you want to have people in the flow states, you know, um, uh -huh. if you're familiar with the concept, that just means that you don't want to, um, overwhelm them or underwhelm them, instill mm -hmm. them with enough, um, tasks that, um, that are interesting for them, you know, or bring up their curiosity, but also play to their strengths. Yeah. So, so that's important. And then, uh, you know, what you probably want to hear, and what is also a very, very important answer is, um, uh, if people find their calling, they're much more um, willing to put in their energy, right? So sure. if their own purpose is aligned with the company purpose, that can be a huge driver. For sure. Hmm. And How do Google, you help them find that calling though? That's very difficult. So. Um, but yeah, it's a very, very, very interesting question. So I did some uh, pur purpose coaching, um, purpose coaching um, uh, certification, uh, and um, and, and uh, I already consulted some people on that were, let's say, desperate to find their calling, 
um, they were depressed, burned out, and uh, you know, I made a super here at my home, set them down on the table, and we started talking, and <laughs> and try to try to find their 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 calling. And, um, and uh, there there were some very very positive, amazing stories that that came out of this, and. Um, the one thing that I can suggest is if you as a person want to find um, find meaning in life, find find something that that really drives you on a you know, on a deep level, stop thinking about um, tangible things that are in front of you, like for example, I want this title or I want to work in this area or I want to work with this kind of people or want to uh, work in the city or whatever I go go away from all of this that that you were thinking and try to allow yourself imagine a world where there's no work where we don't need to work and by the way this is a pretty likely scenario in you know a couple of decades that we don't need to work anymore mm-hmm. at least yeah. at least a couple of uh, of us and uh, so imagine a world where you get up in the morning, you do all your basic hygiene, you do some sports, you do everything, you know, that is good for you. And then at some point, um, so at which point do you include people from the outside to do what and what kind of feeling or what kind of um, emotion, what kind of energy are you trying to submit with this action? And then people start thinking, oh, okay, so, you know, maybe I want to make people uh, want to paint pictures with people, you know, because, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and then I ask them, so what do you want to, what, why do you want to paint pictures with them? Like, what is, um, what energy do you want to transmit to this person? And, uh, and it's really funny what kind of answers come up. So, so I just share one with you. Um, uh, one was, uh, I, I want to give people goosebumps <laughs> and it, nice. it's cute, no, it's cute. No? Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and it's, and it's actually really, really helpful in, let's say, uh, um, um, in, in an interview and in the, in the decision-making of, are you going with this company and with this job or not? You can just ask yourself, am I going to produce goosebumps for people in this job or am I not? So uh, we always think, you know, um, from the whole other side of the spectrum, you know, like, oh, for my career, maybe that will be the best or mm, uh, this title should be in for next time. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, that, um, that's not going to drive you. It's going to be there. You'll get used to it in like a week or two. And uh, but making people goosebumps, that's something, you know, that, that I, can, I can emphasize, you know. <laughs> It makes sense, and it's not not always accessible to everyone. Unfortunately, to be thinking that way, to have this knowledge, to have these perspectives of aligning values and purpose with the actions you do, the missions, the work you do, and we are fortunate to be able to do that. And with people like you, it's um, it's good that because you are actually trying to influence as much people as possible in one way or another through Kenjo or through your personal and social interactions or things that you share, your content and so on, which is great. Which leads me to wonder, um, <laughs> who were you as a kid? What influenced you to be who you are today? What was chapter one, for example? What did you do? Uh, 
Were you the turbulent one? Were you the curious one? Were you the nerdy one reading books all the time? Who were you as a kid? Wow, it's, I think it's a long time ago that I spoke about this. So, so I'm really, I'm really curious. Uh, I'm not prepared for this. Let's see. So, um, in the in the very beginning, my my parents said that I was extremely quiet and observatory, uh, observative. Um, so, so very easy, easy baby, easy child. Um, and then. And then I was kind of, I was nine, eight, nine years old. And then I started to experiment with the authorities and see how far I could go and uh, did some uh, things <laughs> Challenging that I would, them? you know, yeah, kind of, uh, well, not only them, <laughs> everyone in our town probably. And um, so it was not, not such a pleasure anymore, I think. And, um, and I decided I wanted to go uh, to a Catholic boarding school, a very good school and uh um and and uh, against my father he didn't want me to go there because it was kind of like an elitary school and my father is very very grounded very um uh yeah grounded and uh but i said no uh I'm, i want to go to the best school because i'm curious i want to find that out uh, what's going on there and um and what's a fun fact is uh, my i wanted to become the pope I said, oh. that's my wish for life. I want to become the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then when people would ask me, ah, that's amazing. So you want to, want to become a priest or like a bishop or something? And I said, no, 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 no. I, I want to become the Pope, you know. That's, uh, that's pretty cool <laughs> what the guy does there, you know. <laughs> well, influencing uh, people in the same time. It's like the same thing. Yeah, you can, you're influencing yeah, people yeah. now somehow. You can influence people as a Pope. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah so um so same direction pretty mm -hmm. much um until of course the the hormones kicked in and i uh, heard about the uh, problem that you know you know the problem yeah and, uh, <laughs> abstinence and, mm -hmm. yeah 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 and um and i also didn't sustain in the in the in the school i spent seven years there and uh and my curiosity and i was very rebellious um um, against, especially against authorities, um, uh, because if I thought I would see something unfair, I would I would go full way. I would go to the principal. I would go to um, uh, to court. I, I wouldn't mind, you know. Um, if I think this was un something was unfair, I couldn't stop speaking. I couldn't shut up, basically. And um, so this was something that really guided me through through my early life and uh, until I then um, cascaded into, into, um, into this uh, conservative uh, jobs that I had um, with my, in my early twenties. And mm. yeah. Yeah. Did so, do you look up to somebody? Was there like a, a character on the TV or in the books or in the family that you look up to? That's a good question. It was for a long time my father. He's an entrepreneur. He uh, dropped out of school and and uh, founded an own company on at own risk. Did mm -hmm. some really really like tremendous things. Like had a law fight against McDonald's for three years and things like that. So um, not a rich family. Don't get me wrong. Like we're a very very modest family, but uh, did some some pretty pretty brave things. Um, so so definitely my father was an inspiration. What did you learn from um, him? Uh, to stick to your values, probably. Mm -hmm. 
okay. and uh, to dare to be different. Yeah. So um, growing up in a very small town uh, uh, with uh, the most Italian name, uh, Francesco Enrico Carbone, this is um, this puts you in in a certain in a certain area. Yeah. So people say, ah, this Italian guy this needs to be funny, needs to be you know outgoing and loud, and uh, so so there was there was this. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe this, let's say, little identity, uh, identity crisis also helped me to escape from, from this um, small town. And uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. And um, uh, in terms of uh, books, is there a book that specifically <coughs> changed your mind somehow, or opened it, or made you give you a different perspective? So... Definitely one of them uh, is uh, The Power of Habits from Charles mm -hmm. Duhigg. Um, I mm -hmm. didn't read it now. I read it a while ago, but uh, uh, this, this was really helpful for myself to understand how I can uh, add, create habits for myself, but also inside of the company. And um, because habits are the biggest driver of individuals, companies, um, everything. Are you uh, so habit-driven, by the way? Like, were you always habit-driven or did you have to learn how to become more structured and having um, processes and routines somehow in both in your life and in a professional one? That's the point. I was never really habit-driven. And if I developed habits, they were usually toxic ones. Mm. So, so then, then there was the moment where I said, okay, wait, what's going on here? You know, let, me, let, me, uh, let me help out here, yeah? So I was smoking for 10 years, for example, um, in my in my early 20s. And uh, yeah, so okay. things like that. Um, so the power of habit helped. Yeah, and, and I think I'm now in a state that, um, that I can have a, not control, but that I have very strong influence on what my habits are. And that's, that's a pretty good feeling. Yeah. Very nice, okay. And yeah, what else? Um, of course, um, I can only, you know, from a more professional perspective, um, uh, Reinventing Organizations by Frédéric Laloux. You are probably familiar with this book as well, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a classic, right? Yeah. That's a classic that um, I'm not sure how far educated your audience is. But this one, you know, in case you don't know, it's just buy it, read it. If you're interested on having a positive impact in your company. That explains a lot. Also with the paradigm change, I think this is uh, it's very well explained. Very good. I was actually just sharing uh, a book that I was reading recently on Instagram and I asked people what are they reading and I was pre pretty positively surprised of the amount of really, really good books they're all putting um, what they have been reading interesting. So, okay, I will add yeah. those two on the show notes. The Power of Habits Reinventing Organizations. And I want to add two more because, you know, usually in this kind of podcast, you only share professional uh, books and so on. And I want to, and, and sometimes you, you know, if you're only uh, going through all this professional literature, uh, you can get a little bit tired of, of reading. So uh, my hack was always uh, putting one funny, one, one, you know, easy book in the middle and then mm -hmm. uh, continuing to read the other ones. So um uh, the the psych psychopath test from John Ronson. That's an interesting psychopath test. 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 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Psych the Psychopath Tests from John Ronson. That's a funny book. Uh, it, it explains a bit how, um, how psychopaths uh, work. And it's just an interesting read. So you can read it in like a weekend. Apparently, and, there is um, an overlap between psychopaths and leaders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you, yeah. Maybe that helps you also to, you know, <laughs> have some more empathy with your uh, supreme leader, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and the second one, um, I'm a big fan of Norm, Norm MacDonald. Um, not sure if you're familiar with him. That's, uh, he used to be Saturday Night Live uh, host. Pretty funny guy. Uh, very underrated, I think. And he... Um, he uh, wrote a book uh, based on a true story. Uh, it's basically taking some pieces of his life, um, and pretty funny. So, okay, some some funny reads for in between. That's fun. That's good. Gives different perspective yeah. always. Right. Okay. Did we miss something? Not really, I think. But. Can we talk a little bit, just a few more minutes about what's next, what's coming up? Um, personal and professional life? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I start with professional. Sure. Um, so I believe that in this whole spectrum of HR software, um, we are maybe, maybe at 15%, 10% of potential. And I'm talking about the whole market. Um, there's, there's a massive potential. And uh, um, I think I could write a roadmap for, for 10 years in advance now, um, uh, because there's so much to do. Um, what I can share with you is that um, while we drafted the strategy for Kenjo now, um, it's going to roll out next year. And it's going to be really exciting stuff, of course. Um, I, I cannot share in detail. Um, uh, but we, we will produce a lot of uh, mobile stuff, a lot of stuff for employees. And um, yeah, pretty, very, very exciting, exciting times with the team. That's professionally. Sounds very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and personally, I'm, I'm getting married in three weeks. And, oh. uh, but very um, like small, of course. Hence the situation, uh, but uh, there will follow a big, big party in Italy in July, uh, wedding party, a wedding. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, uh, congratulations so. in advance. Will you be in honeymoon somewhere before that? Uh, no, after, after. So my fiance is from, from Brazil. So uh, we found a nice spot in, in Brazil where we can do our honeymoon. And so that would that happen during COVID period or post COVID, like when things get more relaxed, perhaps in the well, next six uh, months or? Well, I, yeah, I didn't get a date for post COVID. Uh, no one informed me yet, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, <laughs> there's just a vaccine <laughs> that gives hopes. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. True. that's true. That's true. Indeed, indeed. Um, no, uh, so the wedding again, the wedding is in July and then, uh, and then um, uh, the. the wedding travel what's the name again sorry honeymoon uh, the honeymoon of course the honeymoon uh, at the end of next year end of next year very nice very nice well congratulations in advance there will be a lot of festivities for a lot of uh, things to celebrate christmas wedding and new year's uh, even everything for you very nice yeah how, how about you Dries? 
What's coming up? Well, I'm in a very exciting project uh, that I'm working on with um, uh, Social B. I don't know if you heard about the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a non-profit social organization. So we're working on um, exciting projects to onboard uh, 25 um, uh, refugees, to onboard them, educate them, and uh, train them so they can be workplace ready. Have a good, great team. And uh, it's very much aligned with my purpose, mission, and uh, vision of the things that I have been growing for the past five close to six years uh, very exciting that's from a, a professional level from a personal level i'm looking forward to christmas and new year's in uh, europe back because this was this is the first winter in almost six years so all the cozy things about uh, christmas and the glühwein and all that i haven't been experiencing it for long uh, i used to live in bali indonesia until march for uh, five years and before that, I was in Sweden and Stockholm, where I actually had proper Christmases. Uh, but so I'm looking forward to all the small uh, festivities that can be around that. Um, yeah, that's that's the two sides, professional and personal. That sounds like beautiful, like very, very, very good invested time. Um, very, very nice, amazing, yeah, exciting. Yeah. Also, hey, Denise, um, do, do you think yeah. do you think next year we will experience everything twice as intense? I don't think really. I don't think really because now you know, like the thing you said about expectations in the beginning, aligning expectations. Now we know that there are some. Uh, we expect a few things. It's not like twenty twenty. Everyone when they were, when we were celebrating the New Year's of twenty twenty, we didn't expect it at all to be the way it is right now. Uh, maybe some of us would have heard already about Corona happening in South, in in, in China, but we didn't expect to be this 360 massive changes for everyone. But now, so we do have a little bit of maybe, maybe not kind of thing. So we are more prepared, oh. and I think we will not experience things in, in the same intensity as this year. And um, seeing the half the half full glass, I think things will be different, more positive, better. Uh, and will it have better experience uh, of 2021? I that's what I actually meant. You know, like the positive experience coming back mm. to like your first festival or something like that. It's like mm. I think I think it's gonna, you know, give you an extra push. Like oh my god, we're alive again. The world opens <laughs> up again. Like I had the situation when I was uh, watching a movie uh, the last days. And I saw people on the street, like without a mask, and my my brain was triggering the idea of, "Hey, why are you not wearing a mask?" You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> until I eventually realized it was it was only a movie, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I think I think we're uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be um, it's gonna be um, really really special when everything um, uh, comes back. Um, slowly it gets back to normal yeah. yeah yeah looking forward to that yeah all right francesco then so um there was a pleasure conversing with you i hope this will not be the last one and that we can tap into other topics it feels like there are a lot of talk- topics that we can dig in and dive in thank you so much for 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 yeah uh, giving me this platform and um yeah it was uh, fantastic to get to know you as a person and next time when we talk i hope 
I will have more uh, yeah, room to ask you questions. <laughs> My pleasure, no problem. Thank you very much. Take care, Zee. That's it for today's conversation. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the key insights that we shared on this podcast interview. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you didn't subscribe yet and head to my website, thebodyandmindcoach.com slash blog to find exclusive articles about various personal and professional development topics. And finally, if you are an athlete or a business professional who's looking for help to advance your career and navigate through whatever challenges that you may be facing to win your game, or if you are a corporate organization who would like to offer their team a workplace well-being workshop, or if you are a sports team who's looking at unlocking their full potential, go to my website, thebodyandmindcoach.com, scroll to the bottom and hit the contact button and reach out. Thank you and enjoy your day.